On today's fast break, the Astros wrapped up the first half of the season with a bang, walking it off in 10 innings and taking two of three from the Angels. Yuli is a man on a mission as Lapina hit a grand slam to help lead the Astros' five-run comeback. The good guys are seven and a half games up in the AOS and set to show out in the all-star festivities that start Monday night. We talk about the biggest takeaways of the first half of the season and look ahead to see where the Astros go from here. All right, let's dive in. Now when the sun come up, I'll be there to say what up in the morning. Brush my teeth, find that clip I've been looking for since last night. I feel so caught up in the bud. I float some out with my bedroom. Turn around, see myself in the mirror. I guess I'm cool. Monday. Wow. What a way to finish the first half of the season. Uh, looks like the Astros are back. Um, I know it's just the Angels, but you know, that losing streak they were on seems to be a thing of the past now. So you go into the All-Star break on a winning note, which I feel is pretty important. Let's get into the series real quick. So Friday night, Astros lose 5-4. to four. Um, Astros one through three hitters went 0 for 11. Brantley had four of the Astros six hits. Verlander got touched up for the second straight time. Astros tried to come back in the later parts of the game. They got to within a run in the eighth, but couldn't push that tying run across the plate. Saturday's game, a little bit different. Um, I wanted to first talk about the bottom of the first inning. Uh, Andrew Heaney, who is a starting pitcher for the Angels, uh, he delivers a long, looping curveball to start uh, his at-bat with George Springer. And George takes the pitch. It was a tribute to Tyler Skaggs. Um, For those of you that don't know, and I'm sure most of you do, Tyler Skaggs was a starting pitcher for the Angels as well. He was found dead in his hotel room in Southlake. Um last week uh, before the Angels were to take on the uh, Texas Rangers. It's just such a bummer. Um, it, it Dude was 28 years old. You, you could just tell anytime somebody like something happens like this, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to speculate. We're not going to talk about that. But the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Jose Fernandez, just sort of like when these young stars um, get taken away way too early. Um, it's just such a bummer. And you could tell by the way that the team reacted and conducted themselves um, in the following days. I mean, credit to um, the Texas Rangers organization. They were very catering. They obviously canceled the game. Um, I believe it was Tuesday when uh, his body was discovered. Um, and then they were very, they held a moment of silence and pretty much allowed the angels to, um, it, it felt like from my, from my reading up on and watching some of the games, it felt kind of like it was the angels home series. And instead of the alternative, the, one of the things Rangers did was none of their players had walk up music. It was very solemn as it should be. Um, so, um, the way those guys were talking about him, you could see, you could tell he was important to the clubhouse trout, um, just obviously choked up talking about him and his uh his girlfriend and 
just a bummer. Just a bummer, man. Um, 28 years too young. Um, Andrew Heaney, uh, that was that was a that was a really cool moment. Um, you know, Skaggs was known for his his curveball that was just like a, a, a pure 12 to six, and um, I think it, I think Springer and the Angels kind of had this like this unspoken okay yeah you you go ahead and do this my dude so George just put his bat on his shoulder um, really cool moment uh, okay so Saturday's game uh, just complete domination by Garrett Cole he went seven innings nine strikeouts shut the Angels down Astros ended up winning four to nothing Bregman and Jordan uh, Alvarez each had two hits and Guriel homered for the fourth time in a row he is just obliterating baseballs absolutely on fire um really nice to see him get back into form uh, he was struggling um at, heck as of a couple weeks ago but he's been playing really well kind of i mean i'm, I'm glad that there's a little bit of a break so uh, some of these guys can rest up a bit but he had to take a bat out of his hand so hopefully he can keep it up come thursday when uh, play resumes all right big controversy uh big conversation point sunday's game it's a complete barn burner. Things are tied at 10 in the eighth. George Springer steps up. Uh, winning run is on, or the go-ahead run at this point is on third base in the form of Jake Mresnick. Um, George pops one out to left, or excuse me, right field. Cole Calhoun, the Angels right fielder, fields it. Mresnick tags, and he's gunned down, dead to rights. The Angels pit, uh, catcher, Jonathan LaCroix, steps up the line, uh, fields the ball, turns to tag, and Jake absolutely levels him if you haven't seen the video i would i would go take a look just so you can you know gather a little bit of context but he it, it i'm gonna try to be sensitive about this but it looked as if he was a free safety trying to break up a pass and they review it he goes he not he jars the ball loose they go and review it he scored but they took it back because um you know i don't know if y'all recall but in 2014 they made these new rules to protect the catchers because too many catchers were getting hurt uh guys like buster posey joe mauer generational talents couldn't couldn't keep up anymore you know concussions were becoming a thing the bodies weren't just weren't just holding up so the league said we have to do something about this so they did and there's rules in place to protect the catchers which i'm all for some of the old heads when this came out, said you're you know you're you're selling the game. You you know let let the guys be the guys. Let guys be dudes. Let's let's play let's play the game the way the game is supposed to be played, which I think is absolutely ridiculous and sort of asinine that you're gonna put the tradition above player safety. But that's me being a 25 year old who is able to sort of uh, grow and develop, I guess, and hasn't been watching the same product for decades and decades and decades. So in 2014, it didn't really, didn't really phase me too much. If, if more, my thinking is you want the most amount of star power on the field at any given time. So why wouldn't you want to protect your players? And this seems super innocuous. It's, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal. And people still found a reason to complain about it. But so they, they come out, review the play and they call him out because he, it looked like he changed his path um, he comes out later and Jake's own words through, uh, this is on his Twitter, his personal Twitter account throughout my eyes. I thought the play was going to end up on the outside of the plate. I made a split second decision at full speed to slide headfirst on the inside part of the plate. 
that decision got another player hurt, and I feel awful. I hope nothing but the best for Jonathan LeCroy20. He just, uh, hit him on the at with his Twitter. Um, LeCroy goes down in a pile. Jake immediately scampers over and checks on him. Um, athletics training staff, you know, um, excuse me, uh, excuse me, the Angels training staff, uh, along with some of the Ashes personnel, came out to immediately check on him. Uh, like I said, go watch the video. Uh, but it it's a bad, it's a really bad look. And Yadier Molina, a future Hall of Famer, catcher for the St. Louis uh, Cardinals, he gets on his Instagram and said that it's a bullshit play. And that's pretty much the public opinion right now. That is a bullshit play. And it looks, it looks deliberate. I'm going to take Jake's word for it. And I don't think that Jake would deliberately hurt another player. He says so. So you have to take him at his word. Plus, you want to be in your guy's corner. And... Jake's been a fan favorite for a while. Um, players love him. His coaching staff loves him. He is, he's, a, he seems to be a great teammate. Obviously, I've never had a conversation with him, but from what you gather, reading about him and the way some of the media talks about him, they they really respect him. His teammates really respect him. He seems like a guy who wouldn't go out of his way to injure a player. So I, I mean. People are saying that uh, there was an article on Deadspin this morning calling for a suspension, and Deadspin is shit. But it's it's actually been sort of parroted um, around the league this morning or so. It seems that bloggers are sort of piping off that it's it's a cause for suspension, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way if the way it uh, falls. Um, I don't want to offer too much of an opinion on what I think should happen because a guy got really hurt or. Uh, so it seems hopefully he's okay. He was able to, I mean, he was, you know, up and moving and they carted him off. Hopefully it's nothing too severe, but it, in the moment it was really, really terrifying. Um, anyway, game goes to extras. Uh, and George Springer ended up being the hero again. He lined a double into the gap scored. I believe it was uh, Brantley. No, uh, Josh Reddick, uh, who <laughs> pre uh, like on the pitch prior Almost got picked off of second. Um, he comes around to score after um, after that drama, and the Astros take two of three, win this, win the rubber mat, rubber match rather, and uh, take that series home. So um, let's take a breath. Astros are sitting at fifty-seven and thirty-three. They're on an all-star break. Uh, several of their players are going to be participating, including tonight, uh, according to this Monday morning, uh, Alex Bregman will be partaking in the Home Run Derby. So good luck to Alex. Very excited to see that. 57 and 33. Only two teams in baseball have a better record than 57 and 33. You know who they are. The New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's pretty good company. That's pretty good company. If, you know, my prediction, the Astros will be taking on the Yankees in the AL Championship Series. And the winner of that will go on to face Los Angeles. That's the way it looks like the chips are going to fall. The NL is wide open. There are several really good teams and one really great team. That great team being Los Angeles. And... In the AL, it's Yankees, Astros, and Twins, um, and there's several teams fighting for that. You know, uh, the wild card spots. 
I'm pleased with 57 and 33. Given that everything the Astros have gone through this season, all of the injuries, I think 57, there's something to be said for 57 and 33. That, there's something, that I, you hang your hat on that, you take pride in that. That's a good record, playing good baseball. I'm pleased. A um, couple of takeaways from the first half of the season. They've hung around, they've persisted, um, they did a little bit of backsliding, but they're relevant. They maintain relevancy through all these injuries. A few of their stars have been non-factors. Uh, Altuve is having one of his worst, one of the worst seasons of his career. Um, he's been hurt, but his numbers are slightly above average. So I hope he'll take this, you know, they don't play again until Thursday. So I hope that he takes this opportunity to rest up, rehab a little bit, and you know, kind, you know, finds his groove again because the Astros are, are of course, going to need him if they want to make a deep playoff run again. Uh, Carlos Correa has been out since May 26th, which is a huge bummer. He was having a great season. Uh, he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. So obviously his bat will, you know, obviously be an immediate factor. You would you would suspect. The Astros right now have the least productive offense in the AL West. Now, having said that, the American League West is the most that scores more runs than any other division in the AL. So, it's where the Astros are about average in terms of run productivity in, in the American League, but they are the least productive in their division. You know, that's just a statistic. I don't know if that really. It doesn't really mean too much. Uh, you know, bats have been slow. They've been a little streaky. But you take big bats out of your lineups, that's that's what's going to happen. You replace you replace Jose Altuve with Jack Mayfield, you're going to lose a couple of runs. That's just simple math. Um, so it's going to be really important that some of the regulars come back and find their stride. The, the thing that... One of the pleasant surprise, surprises of this first half is Jordan Alvarez, the rook. He had that meteoric rise uh, when he first came up. And right now he's hitting 340. He has seven home runs, 25 runs batted in. That's through 73 at-bats. For comparison, Alex Bregman hit eight home runs his rookie season and 201 at-bats. And it took Jose Altuve over 600 bats to hit his seventh career home run. So I know three completely different players. Jordan is a prodigy. He was supposed to be this power, you know, powerful monster of a man, and that's what he's, you know, sort of came up and, and proven that that's what exactly what he is. Whereas you know, Jose was sort of a shrimp and didn't really find his power swing until five, six years into his career. But still. I don't think that takes anything away from how impressive this kid has been. He's he's made a name for himself already. He's inserted himself in this lineup, and there's no way that AJ can take him out of the lineup. He is looks to be the part. He looks to be all that he was expected to be, and more, frankly. <laughs> Hitting 340 is really impressive. He was another guy who sort of struggled with some injuries in the last couple of weeks, but... Uh, you know, he's, he played this week. Uh, he had a, a couple of solid games and he was, you know, he was a factor. So can't really ask him for more than that. On the other side of the coin, 
one of my other surprises that stuck out to me is Josh James and Chris Davinsky. Josh James, you just keep thinking if this kid can put it together, he'll be dynamite. He'll be a huge asset, powerful pitcher. You know, he touches triple digits occasionally, but just to this point in his career has not been able to figure it out. His ERA is above five for the season. I don't know what the issue is. You know, I'm not a I'm not a mechanics expert. I'm not a pitching coach. I don't claim to be. Would love to see him, you know, obviously become a, a factor on this pitching staff. Because come October, when you're, you know, it's the 14th inning and you look down the bullpen, everybody's pitched except for Josh. You want to be able to hand him the ball and say, you know, with a man on first and second with one out and say, go give me two outs. Right now, he's not that. Um, you know, it's a bummer. That's baseball. Not every prospect's going to pan out. Astros are very familiar with that. Um, but I think there's, you know, there's a lot of untapped potential, and you just got to put the piece together. There's a great pitching staff, a coaching staff, rather, who can help him work through this, and I hope he does. Um, but right now, it's been it's disappointing. Devo, uh, ERA is at 4.7. He's so I'm gonna I'm gonna explain a, a statistic real quick. It's wins above replacement, which basically means it, it analyzes a bunch of statistics to, ter- to determine if you are above replacement value, which basically 0.00 means you are an average baseball player. His war to the season is 0.4. So that implies that he is better than average, but in 2017 when the, you know his uh, circle change of death was a mainstay in a conversation piece around the league, you you expected more than slightly better than average from Devo. So either the league figured out his shtick, and um, he's going to have to adapt, as good pitchers do, or you know he's another one of those guys you want on your on your roster. Uh, come playoff time. So hopefully he figures it out. Again, he's been average. So there's something to be said for that. But, uh, you know, you want better than average. Being average doesn't win World Series. Yankees are not average. Dodgers are not average. That's just facts. But we're talking about a 57-33 and baseball team. We're talking about a team that is Head and shoulders a better a better team than anybody else in that division. The you know the Rangers have been playing good baseball. They slumped a little, went a little bit of a losing streak. I think they're four and six in their last ten. They like I said seven and a half games up on Arlington. Can't really complain. You you really can't. You're just picking nits at that point, and you know. Um, all things considered, I'm pretty pleased. Oh, breaking news. Uh, Justin Verlander, Verlander was just announced as the starting pitcher for the All-Star game tomorrow. So congrats, JV. That's awesome to see. Um, it's So looking ahead, the home run derby's tonight. All-Star game tomorrow. A day off on Wednesday. And there is 
one baseball game on Thursday. Care to guess who is playing? That's right. Houston Astros and Texas Rangers in Arlington. So realistically for guys who are going to be playing tomorrow, uh, such as JV, Braggs, Brantley, George, uh, Ryan Presley, there's not too much of a break. So it's going to be a grind. You got July, August, September, and we're, you know, it's, it's regular season baseball. It's not, it's not pressing. You got to win games, but I'm pretty comfortable with a seven and a half game lead. I think that the, they're going to have to start playing a little bit better. They've been really good, but so have the Yankees. Yankees are really good. We saw that when the Astros went up to uh, New York a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I still don't think Boston's found its found its stride. They will, and when they do, that's that's a force. But there's there's a clear path to winning this division. I mean, Oakland and uh, I misspoke earlier. Uh, Astros are seven and a half games above Oakland, nine above of above Texas. I'm not super concerned about Oakland because what Billy Bean likes to do is, you know, get to that point where he has to either jump ship or stick to his guns. And he has historically been a trader or a guy who's moving players at the deadline versus um, acquiring talent at the deadline. So when he realizes that this, you know, the, the Astros are just are going to make the playoffs and I'm assuming that either Tampa Bay, Boston, uh, Cleveland, or Texas, one of those teams is, or one of the, two of those teams are going to occupy the two wild card spots. He'll be he'll be looking to uh, ship away some of his assets, and that's just what small market teams like Oakland have to do. So I'm not super concerned about about anybody in in the division. Um, so yeah, it's it's shaping up that it's gonna, like I said, I think it'll be if I had to make a projection, Astros New York ALCS, and I'm not, I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna make a uh, I'm not gonna project a winner of that series. It's just there's too many variables. Astros have to get healthy. Yankees are damn good. That's a that is a very potent offense. You know, it's um it's gonna be a ride.